Coming to you from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, by way of Stone Mountain, Georgia, birthed by the great state of South Carolina, is the Bryant Land Country Podcast, your place for any and everything in hunting, fishing, sports, and outdoor related, with heavy doses of randomness, guests, and an all-around good time. Here's your host, proud Gamecock, South Carolina forever, AB3. All right, everybody, welcome to the Bryant Land Country Podcast. Thank you for taking the time to go and mash that download button so you can get this great podcast audio that I'm providing for y'all today. We got a great show. I'm going to get into the guest here in a minute. It's Tarika Witte, wonderful lady that is out here making things happen in the fishing world. I'm going to get into that here in a little bit, but a couple things I want to touch on before I set up the guest this week. Um, As you guys know, last week, episode 45, No Deer Blues, I kind of got into uh, talking about not killing deer yet in this deer season and just trying to be positive, keeping your head up, all that good stuff. And I got a interesting comment under the Instagram post, folks, I just, when I look at some of the feedback I get, you know, and Lord knows I appreciate it. First of all, thank you everyone who has ever taken the time to send any kind of feedback, mash a like button, download podcast, you know, send me an email, whatever, you know, I, I appreciate it and I love it. But if you want to guarantee that you're going to get my attention, have a screen name That is chitlins and tater salad. Okay, so I got a message from chitlins and tater salad. And before I even read the message, I had to go through this guy's profile to see what he had going on here. Interesting profile. And again, like I said, I appreciate the creativity of the name. I appreciate you just taking the time to even send a message or make a comment uh, in relation to what episode 45 No Dear Blues was about. So Chitlins and Tater Salad hit me up and he said, I had some nice cam picks, busted two small ones and a big hog. All of the big deer are only on camera at 3 a.m. Then suddenly the last week or so, nothing. What the heck? Like ghosts. Nada. Certainly feel your pain there uh mr taylor salad it sucks all i can say is keep pushing keep grinding but i am pretty sure with a name like chitlins and tater salad nothing is getting away from you one other thing i'm touch on i'm touching on before i move forward into the guest a couple things are coming down the pike as you know thanksgiving's this week Love Thanksgiving. Absolutely my favorite holiday of all the holidays. And I'm not a big holiday person, uh, but I love Thanksgiving. Love to eat. Love all the food, the camaraderie, being with the family. So I hope everyone will have a great and awesome, fulfilling Thanksgiving coming up this week. And then I just want to put a couple of bugs in your ear. The next couple of shows that we're going to do, I'm going to talk about gifts for that special hunter or hell they might not even be that special maybe you just like them and you want to get them a gift gift giving for hunters coming up uh with the christmas season around the corner i got a couple of gift ideas i'm going to share them with you guys so be on the lookout for that and then the last thing that i want to put out there and i just want to put a bug in y'all's ear i'm working on a book It is a book of my experiences from my first couple of years of hunting. Hopefully that it can help someone out and it'll be a book full of great stories, experiences, and a little something in there for everybody. I am by no means a professional. There's no way that I'm writing a how-to book or saying that this is the way that you should do it, but I got some stories and things that I want to get off my chest that I can't always spend the time on the podcast talking about. So I said, hell, I'll put it in a book. So I'm working on it. I don't have a release date yet. Basically, 
I just got to get it done, get off my ass and get it done. But it is on the shelf, or excuse me, it is on the in the works. And hopefully, if not before Christmas, definitely the first part of 2020, the book will be done. Brightland. Now, my guest this week is none other than Tarika Witte. And Tarika came to me as a suggestion from a listener. And I'm thankful for that because otherwise I would have not had the pleasure of talking to Tarika. We went about 40, 45 minutes, uh, had a great conversation. Uh, looking forward to continuing to following Tarika and what she's doing out there as a fisherman or I should I don't know about fisher I don't like to say fisherman fisherwoman whatever all I know she's a badass angler how about that uh she is kicking ass and taking names winning trophies winning tournaments got some great sponsors behind her is a family woman has the support of her husband is really big on family just a all-around great person had a great time talking to Tarika so I'm going to move on out the way here, mash the record button, and y'all take a listen to my conversation with Torika Witty on the Bryantland Country Podcast. Bryantland. You know, it has been a while I've been doing these podcasts since the beginning of the year, and I always try to find different and diverse guests and stuff. So today's guest, when I came along, her profile, and then I started doing my research and diving in. I was really excited to get a chance to talk to her. So without any other further ado, I have Tarika Witty on the line with me. Tarika, welcome to the Bryantland Country Podcast. Thank you for joining me. How are you this morning? Ah, uh, thank you for having me, Brian. I am uh, so excited to do this. Um, anytime I get to talk to people, um, I don't ever turn the opportunity down. I'm kind of a little under the weather. I've been uh, suffering for cold. But other than that, I'm just excited to be with you, and I'm excited to engage um, with your audience. Uh, I appreciate that, and I totally can relate to you on the cold. Last week, it had me down for a good while. Um, I still had to record a podcast and I'm pretty sure I sounded all nasally and terrible. So I, I appreciate you fighting through it. So I, I get it. I totally get it. The first thing I want to ask you before we get into all your fishing and everything that you're doing out there as a competitive, uh, a competitive angler, the first thing I want to ask you about, I was scrolling through your Facebook, and something that caught my eye that is near and dear to me. I have a daughter, and since she was about, oh, let's see, she just turned 14. I want to say probably about like seven, six or seven. Every summer, uh -huh. we, we take a day, and we have a daddy-daughter day. I saw um, every year we have daddy-daughter day. Sometimes it's daddy-daughter trip, like it's a whole week or whatever. But I saw on your Facebook page where you and your father have daddy-daughter fishing days. I wanted you to tell me more about that because I thought that was the greatest thing ever that you still go out and y'all have like those special days together. Oh, my goodness. I could spend all day talking about that. Um, daddy-daughter days are just what they are. Uh, it's my time to go out um, with my dad and spend time on the um, spend, spend time on the water with him because you know we're all getting older, and so I uh, am one of those people who believe in family, and my family is extremely, extremely, extremely important to me. So when I do, I try my best to do Daddy Daughter Days um, every week. Uh, I try to spend a day with my dad. We, whether it's uh, us riding motorcycles or us going fishing, we try to do something every week. Uh, you know, with scheduling from this or he does, you know, just different things. Whether it's working in the garden because he works in the garden a lot. He's an outdoorsy person, so we spend a lot of time. That's our bonding time. You know, sometimes you just 
you just never know. Tomorrow is never promised to anyone. So I try not to take anything for granted in that aspect. So, you know, and so as much time as I can make memories with my dad or my brother, my sister, or, you know, my, my kids, I mean, I always like to do those things because those are the things that will live on and will live on forever. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, is your dad the one that taught you how to fish and did y'all grow up fishing together? Like how, who introduced you? Um, my actual, my grandmother introduced me into fishing. That's awesome. Um, and she, she introduced me. I have walked every probably, um, I've walked the creeks with her. I've bank fished my entire life. But as far as introducing me to the sport of fishing, it was my grandmother, um, you know, from, you know, just creek fishing and just doing that. So that lived on with me, you know, um, while when I went into the military and throughout my life. But as far as bass fishing and, and like that, no, my husband was the one that introduced me. And that's, that is a story in itself because my husband is not a bass fisherman. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> before you get into that, I just wanted to say my great aunt is the one, was the first person that took me fishing. My dad didn't fish. I didn't have any uncles or anything that was active in the outdoors. So I can relate to you mm -hmm. on that. My great aunt, I can remember her taking us down to the pond and telling us, yeah. you know, watch where you step, you know, looking at, cause it's, <laughs> yes. it's, it's in the summertime. So, you know, you look out for snakes, watch where you step and stuff. Yeah. And we sat right there on the bank of that old pond and just catching little That's crappies right. and brims and stuff. So yeah. I, I totally can relate to that. But you said your husband introduced you to bass fishing, but he's not a bass fisherman. Do tell. Yeah. <laughs> so I was stationed at Fort Leonard, Missouri, and my husband was stationed at Fort Field, Oklahoma. And we were um, drill sergeants at the time. And he came up for a visit, and we went to this tackle store. And we were supposed to, you know, just kind of fish. My husband doesn't, like, when I tell you he doesn't fish, he doesn't fish at all. He like, <laughs> whether it's from the bank or from the boat, he, the fish better be lined up jumping on the line to get on because if after about <laughs> two hours, honey, it is time for you to take him home. When he has eating everything, eating all the snacks and drink up everything, baby, it's time to go to the bank. So awesome. we, we went in this tackle store one day. And so we just, I don't know, we were just looking for some stuff. I, you know, I wanted to stop. And so the guy um, in the tackle store, he said, uh, he walked over to my husband and he said, yeah, he's like, you know what, can I help? And started talking fish and stuff to him. My husband said, wait a minute, wait a minute, hold up. <laughs> oh, you start talking to me. He said, you are speaking a foreign language to me, brother. He said, you, you see her over there? He said, that's my wife. Go talk to my wife. And he was like, your wife? And he was like, yeah, go talk to her because I don't do any of that and you're speaking a foreign language. And so the guy told me, oh, he was like, oh, my, your husband tells me that you fish. I said, yeah. I said, you know, uh, I've never been in a bass club. And everything I said, I'm looking, at, you know, just looking, looking into some stuff. And he says, "Hey, why don't you come out and join our local bass club?" And um, so I said, "Okay." And so I went to the bass club, and of course, I was the only person that was a female in the club and looked like me. And so <laughs> that's how I got introduced to bass fishing. And I fished my first tournament. Um, I have a friend. I, like I said, I was fishing in Fort Leonard So I have a friend. His name is, I have three friends there. And my other friend, he's deceased. But um, Rick and Travis, they took me out on the, like, the boat for the first time and taught me how to drive a boat. But um, this other guy, his name is Travis. My first tournament, I drew him. Oh, my goodness. Let me tell you, it was freezing <laughs> i mean the rod guys was freezing my husband was like wait a minute are y'all really gonna go out in this kind of weather and we went out and i'm telling you we had to fish for maybe 20 minutes and then sit down around the propane heater because he had a propane heater in the belly of his bath boat Okay. And we would sit down and warm our hands and eat um, deer jerky and just talk and stuff. And then 
I never forgot. I had this pink spinnerbait with willow leaves. I didn't know. I just picked up the thing because at Walmart, you know, the night before, you know, I don't know what I'm doing. Hey, I'm just going out. I'm just going to go. This, this looks like it's going to be fun. There's something else for me to do. Right. And it was the rod lockers. Everything was just frozen. I mean, it was a miserable day. And we went out, and I caught my first bass. Uh, on a pink spinnerbait with um, chrome willow leaf at uh, Truman Lake. And I'm telling you, I was, I have been hooked ever since. And to this day, I mean, those guys in, in Missouri are the guys that, if it hadn't been for my husband and I going to this tackle store and introducing me to these guys, you know, to the owner, I mean, to the guy that worked there and then going to this club, I would have never started bass fishing. Wow. And, and then to go and, out and be successful in that type of weather. Oh, my goodness. Listen, one of the guys had to come back to the, um, we had the boat, first of all, to see if we were going to fish. LaWanda was the tournament director. And, um, oh, man, we had to vote. It was snowing. I'm talking <laughs> about the slushy snow. It was snowing. And we had the um, boat to go. So, of course, me being the only female in the club, you know, nobody's going to, uh, you know, everybody's like, well, we ain't, you know, female going, we all, we should all be able to go, you know, like that. Right, right. And, and I'm telling you, we went and we fished. And one of the guys had to come back, uh, had to come back in because he had hypothermia. It, it was that cold. See, that, bad. that is where the ego and testosterone gets you in trouble because <laughs> if it if it's as bad as you say it was and I oh. mean I, I've done some winter stuff I've deer hunted you know in minus four and cold temps with the wind blowing and all that kind of stuff I've goose hunted in severely cold temperatures where you know it's like freezing rain all kind of stuff but look here out on the water, that's a different beast. And I was just like, you know what, yeah. boys, I might have to buy out of this one. You know, it's golly. So, and oh no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go, go ahead. ahead. And her her late husband Randy, he was one of the guys fishing. He he was. They were really good to me because, like I said, she was the director, and we all fished. And I'm telling you, we went out there in them boats. I, when we got back, I still have my first picture of us. It was so, and listen, you know, when you were first starting out, you pretty much buy everything. So I thought I was doing something, you know, I had on like this little thin rain suit and and I, I'm telling you, I knew about froze. I had on stockings. (laughs) uh, I had on everything that I thought I needed. And then come to find out being out on the water, I needed even more stuff. Yeah. But I I was hooked and I started fishing and I started chasing that little green fish and here I am. Wow. And then so from that, now I was I was when I was doing my research, one thing that kinda jumped out to me, you said you I understand you served in the army and then mm-hmm. you went from the army into bass fishing and then fat and fishing competitively now from that day in the cold when you caught that first bass were you still in the army was that kind of something that planted the seed that like hey when i retire this might be something i want to do like how take me through that like how did how did you make that transition from from the army to competitive angler i was already competing while i was on active duty okay 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 so what happened um, when I when when um, after that first tournament, like I say, that's where my roots uh, for me as far as bass fishing and competitive bass fishing started. at was in Missouri, and we had to go overseas. Um, my husband and I went ended up the military stationed us overseas, so we ended up in uh, where did we go? Korea. And so we went to Korea. I started a, um, a organization called FIFO, Soldiers International Fishing Organization, where we would fish the local waters. And for people that's been to Korea, it is 
not a pretty sight. But we would still go and fish. And, I, and I've been on the Korean TV. I've been in some Korean magazines. I don't know what the words are because I can't speak it. But <laughs> I, I have pictures and I have the magazines from stuff that I got to do in Korea. And that's how I started fishing. And then when I came to Fort Post, uh, we, I, that's when I really, I was getting, I don't know, maybe a couple of, maybe a year or so I started fishing a ladies tour and, uh, I fished on the ladies, um, pro tour. Uh, when I left the ladies pro tour, I was like 18 out of 64 women at that time. Oh, wow. And so it just got to be a bit much for me because I did not think you know, I thought that serving my country meant that I could, um, how should I say this? For me, serving my country meant everything to me. Mm-hmm. And if I had to do it again, I would do it again. And I, I wouldn't change a thing. However, when you start, when you've been in the military, people tend to think that you think a lot of doors are going to be open to you. And and don't get me wrong. In the fishing industry, me being a retired veteran, it has opened a lot of doors for me. But it has also caused a lot of um, friction. Mm-hmm. Because if you volunteer, I mean, this is the only country in the world that you can volunteer and raise your hand and say, I'll die for this country, where uh, that means nothing to some organization. Mm-hmm. Some folks tend to think, when we say uh, home of the free, <laughs> that doesn't really resonate with some people. And so bass fishing has been an outlet, was always an out. I mean, fishing period was always an outlet for me. But I just, let's just say this. Just because a company tells you that they support the military mm-hmm. and veterans, those are just words. Mm. There are some companies out there that uh, that is more than words. Right. And and I didn't realize that until I really started digging into fishing. Yeah, we can say America this and America that, but there are some companies that don't really live by those things. And it's a really, and I've learned that over the time I've, I've been fishing. You know, there are some great organizations out there. There are some absolutely wonderful companies out there. And but to be in the sport of fishing, fish don't care what you look like on the top of the boat. <laughs> they don't That's care true. what you look like. Right, they don't right. care whether you are male or female. They don't care whether you're uh, white, black, purple, orange. Fish don't care. Right. They care about the presentation of that lure that you present to them under the water. That's what they care about. And so if we had a lot, if we had more companies to, to, do that, then I think the sport of fishing would grow mm. to more than what it, it is now. For me, being an African-American woman, there is not a lot of women, successful women in the sport um, at the higher stages in the sport because women as a whole are not given the same opportunities as a man. And I don't care how you slice the cake male, female, whatever. Women are not given the same the same opportunities as a man. And it's just it just it's mind blowing sometimes when I sit back and look look at things. You say, you know, you do things with your daughter. Well in fifteen, twenty years, you know, is your daughter still gonna be excluded from fishing, so to speak? Right. Right. Because right now Minority women are excluded from fishing because they think that, you know, the only thing, only place we belong is on the, on the bank somewhere. Or, and or, I'm not knocking. Or on a boat yeah. with, no, I was going to say, or on a boat with a life-size fish in, in the bikini, but. That's, that's right. <laughs> that's, that's what the sport of fishing, because I understand that sex sales, but give the women that are really doing it Give those women credit, regardless of what they look like, because in the next few years or next 20 years, 15 years, our kids, our grandkids don't care what each other look like. They care about the real, they care about what makes them happy. 
And I, I wish that Americans would get, I wish that some of the companies would get past, you know, this whole thing. Listen, all money is green in America and it all stands the same. So regardless of some companies make you feel like they don't want your business because of what you look like. Yes. And that's a real, that's a real big thing for me. So me, I try to, and I know I may be getting ahead, but for me, I, I try to, I try to deal with companies that's going to be loyal to me and that I can be loyal to. And because that's how, that's what the military taught me, well, you know? And it seems like, and I don't mean to cut you off, but it seems like, yeah. um, you know, the, just from listening to some of the stuff and reading some of the stuff about you when I was doing my research and a couple of other people that I've talked to, you know, like loyalty is not a, always a two way street, but the, you know, the most stand up person or the most stand up people, that seems to be a big thing, especially in the industry is like, hey, you know, I pride myself on being loyal. And that, and that has to be kind of hard when you know that it's not always a two two way street. Like you say, you're a woman of character and loyalty. But these companies out here, they may not necessarily reciprocate that. How, how have you gone about, you know, choosing the companies that you deal with um, and fostering those relationships? Um, it, it's been a, it's been trial and error, to be honest. It's been trial and error. But you know, you know what companies are loyal to you once you have been with them for a few years or, or for a year. You know which companies are going to be there for you when, and which companies are not. So let me give you an example. I was with a particular company who I really, really love being with the company. And in the middle of, and I still have their product and, and we'll have it for a while. Um, but in the middle of a season or in the, yeah, in the middle of, of a season, the company decided they were going to make some changes. Now I had signed my contract with them. And they decided in the middle of the season that they're going to make some changes. Now, respectfully, I got it. You're a major company and I got it in your eyes. Um, I don't have a whole lot to offer. But mind you, I'm part of the reason that your product is selling in my area. Let's be clear. And when people call or when people ask for things, I'm, I'm the person that they... They may not know my name, but they say, hey, there's a girl, you know, in Louisiana or such and such, and she has this right here. Oh, okay. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, she does this and this for us. So in the middle of season, this company dropped me and didn't tell me why or what for. But mind you, I sold some of their product and made sure that some of their product got seen by folks in my area. So after that, I said, okay, no problem. And yes, I was hurt by it. And I let the company know that I was hurt by it. And that there are some things that are, that you can do that are, that is, I had to realize some companies just don't deal in professionalism. But then on the flip side of that, you have some companies that are very, very big and support you. And two of those companies that come to mind, I, I, and I can say this without, with great confidence, Spike It has been, um, I would, Spike It has been absolutely 100% um, loyal to me and the things that I'm doing. And I'm extremely loyal to Spike It. The next company that has been really good to me from day one has been PowerPole. I will ride as I will ride. I, I am a ride or die when it comes to PowerPole and Spike It because those companies, I have a relationship with, you know, the leadership in those companies and those companies make things happen for me. Even when I'm, listen, I've been places where I have 
my power poles went down and I've made a phone call and things have happened. Now, and, and yes, I understand that I'm not a TV face and there may be people in Timbuktu that don't know who Tariqa Witty is. But these two companies have been pro-Tariqa. And when I tell you my loyalty is to those companies, they show me nothing but loyalty back. So for me, that's how I've, I've lived. I've, I've tried, you know, I've done things. Because I feel like if I can be loyal to you and be professional with you and be honest with you, listen, you can go out every day, all day and get sponsorship. It's about how you do that company and it's about how you keep them. And I'm not one of those people that jump ship just because, just because. Right. I don't need a whole shirt full of sponsors. It's hard maintaining the ones you got if you're doing the right thing. <laughs> right. And the commit and, and being able to answer the commitments that come with those mm-hmm. different sponsorships. That's right. And you, and, and, you know, and I tell people all the time, you know, when people ask me or anything, when they, when people, when I go out to the lake and most people who know me know that when I travel out to Toledo or whatever, or out to Rayburn and Fish or wherever, I'm always this, this way. I I don't want to, I want to be in, I want to be with a company that supports me as a person and especially one that supports veterans. Right. Um, and, and I can tell you that, you know, the, these two companies, yes, absolutely, without a doubt, they support veterans and they live up to that commitment of supporting veterans. Now, through your competitive through your competitive fishing and even like you said like um supporting veterans and getting you know other women um especially women of color involved are you involved in any kind of like organizations or do you do things yourself that kind of like encourage um you know women or younger girls to get started in the fishing right now um, I do speaking engagements. I have some videos, which I'm kind of behind on that. But um, <laughs> I do speaking engagements whenever um, I get them. Um, I get requests. I do stuff for wildlife and fishers, fisheries here in Louisiana when they ask me to. Awesome. Um, I try to, um, and I, I have some videos out there that I do. And right now, um, I'm part of uh, the Women's Bass Tour uh, here in Louisiana and Texas and Mississippi and stuff. So I'm I'm doing a, a a lot of stuff and you know and with me always out and about and talking to people, I you know I try to do anything I can to encourage the sport of fishing and then, everywhere I go. And even you know doing that, like I've come across like a couple of pages like even here in Georgia where they're like, you know, fishing clubs for like ladies and, and things mm-hmm. like that. But what would you say probably like if a dad is listening to my podcast and it's like, you know, I want to get my daughter involved or I want to get, you know, my kids involved. They may not like hunting as much. What would be that number one thing that you think as far as like to getting like that hook. I know, you know, because people are always like, well, take a kid fishing or take a kid hunting. And yeah, you can take them, but there's got to be like a hook. You know what I mean? Like there's got to be something that kind of, even if you don't catch a fish, something that says, hey, you know what? I want to do this again. Um, The one thing that for me that has worked is the same thing that we started out talking about. It's time with your with your family, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i.e., for me, my husband does not fish, but and if I want to get him hooked on something or or any kid, take a rod, put some two pound tests on it or some three pound tests on it, and take them out somewhere and just make it fun. Right. Because let me tell you, no kid. They, if you put two pound tests on the line and put a bobber out there and you make it fun for them, do you know that the first time a brim hits that thing, they're going to think they got a whale? <laughs> That's a very good point. 
at the very and when when you say test just for some of the listeners out there the two pound test line that's the strength the weight of the line strength so, of the line yeah 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 because you know all of us are kids at heart but I'm I did this to my husband and this this is and, and this is the only way I can get him to stay. So we had a, a friend of ours, we went to Raven, and it was Mother's Day. And it's been about five years, probably a little bit longer because the, our friend has passed away. So we went out on his boat. And so Alva was like, we're going to go white purse fishing. So I said, okay, crappy fishing. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay. I said, but it's Mother's, you know, it's Mother's Day, you know. So I said, oh, yeah, we, we can go fishing on Mother's Day. So I had changed the fishing line. I had told Albert, I said, hey, we need to change this fishing line out on this rod my husband's going to use. I say, because if we don't, we ain't going to be out there no more in about 30 minutes because he's going to be ready to go. And so he was like, man, what? I say, I'm t- listen, man, just go with me. And so I, we, I changed the line out on his rod, took him out there, and I'm maybe maybe eight pounds hence. You know, something real light. Right. Let me tell you. It's and my husband does not touch no live bait. So we was fishing with Sean and dropping them in brush piles. So I'm supposed to be fishing because his mother's there. So no, that did not happen. So Albert was on the front of the boat. My husband's on the back of the boat. Let me tell you, my husband started picking them crappie out of there one by one. And he, you should have seen the look on his face. He was so, so, so happy. And I said, oh, okay. We stayed out, got our limits and everything. And so that just goes to show you, it's all about your presentation. Because if you want to get your childhood, go put some, go take your baby to a, 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 a um, somewhere like a pond or even a river, you know, have some snacks, you know, just do some family time. Because a lot of kids, and I've found this with like different places, different events I've done. Mm-hmm. I can go to an event here in Louisiana and all the kids in there are, I don't know, maybe 10 to 12 or whatever, but they've been exposed to fishing and camping and this and that. Whereas I can do another one on base with kids that look like me or, you know, they have military, that come from military background and those kids are completely lost. Here's a prime example. I did an event down at, uh, in Thibodeau, I think it is. We had to go down as a wildlife and fisheries event. Those kids down there were not exposed to anything because, wow. you know, they live. And like when I go on base, it's the same thing. If your parents are in the military or you come from a single parent home, who do you have? Right. Nobody. Who's taking you, right? So when you, that's right. So when we go on base to do stuff, or I go on base to do stuff, those kids are totally different than the kids that I say go over to, um, what is it called? I have to go to Woodworth a couple of years ago, and I did a, um, a, fishing, a, a fishing camp thing for the kids. I was the speaker over there. And those kids were well-versed in being outside and going to camps and, you know, and fishing because their dads took them or parents took them. Right. But, like, when you go on base, you know, either maybe you're a single parent or one parent is in the military or the other one's deployed. And, you know, there's not a lot of time for military kids, you know, to get involved in the outdoors. So when you do stuff like that and make it fun for them, they are, they'll ask you, hey, can you take me back? I want to go back. <laughs> then, you know, and you can, you can just see the delight and the, 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 the happiness and the joy from them when they come back home and they tell their parents or their family members about, oh, man, I had this big old fish on. Yeah, he sure was. He sure was. Because they don't know that they're fishing with two-pound tests. They just know that they have a big fish cooling on the end of the line. Right. Working with working with a monster. My my daughter. Working with a monster. My daughter, she uh she won't hunt. She gets mad with me and my my son when we go hunting. You know, she she's very empathetic to like the deer and why are we mm-hmm. bothering the deer and stuff, but she will take a live cricket or a worm mm-hmm. and splice that mm-hmm. that hook right between them. She will bait her when we go catfishing. She take chicken liver and bait her own mm-hmm. hook. She'll you know reel the fish in. She loves to tell the story about how we went 
uh, trout fishing off of Lake Michigan, and she had to help her brother reel in the fish and net a couple of fish in. So for whatever reason, the fishing she loves, she doesn't mind, <laughs> but the hunting she wants no part of. And he loves both of them. Like he, he'll he do – I shouldn't say love because I kind of have to like say, hey, you want to go fishing, and then they'll be all excited about it, and he'll go hunting. You know, like if, if I say, hey, you want to go with me, but like with her, like with fishing, she's all about it. Like she's like, okay, we can go. You know, I can get her to put her phone down, and she'll reel them in, bait hooks, and all mm-hmm. kind of stuff. So, it it's just remarkable to see like that light go off. Mhm. So. That's that's exactly it. Now. That's. What are. I should say, what is the next thing or the next big thing coming down the pike for Tariqa Witty? Oh, God. <laughs> if you ask my family, you'd be like, no. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's see. Um, the next big thing. Okay, let me clarify. Is it, do you want to know the next big thing or the next fishing big thing? Uh, Both. Okay. The next Fishing big thing is starting January the 11th, I will be fishing what's known as the Women's Bass Tour. Uh, we have seven tournaments, uh, six regular season tournaments, and a championship that will be on Sam Rayburn. That is the next big fishing thing. And oh, by the way, if you are any lady out there and you are close to Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, I invite you to come and fish with us. We are going into our second year and I'm excited to be the site director. Um, I won the first year, the uh, the inaugural year. Um, Last year, uh, we were TSL Tri-State Federation. So we are doing a rebranding, renaming we are still going to have tri-state fishing, but it is going to be, uh, you'll, if people want to um, contact us in order to set up a federation in your, in your state, you would have to contact us. Yes, we are the original tri-state federation, but we're going through a rebranding and renaming uh, to the Women's Bath Tour. Um, and being a site director for a great organization, a great group of women, a great diverse group of women is what I really want to say. Uh, this is the only fishing organization out there or the only one in our area out here that is is made up of a diverse group of women. And so we are, we are striving. That is our mission statement. We are looking for uh, fishing is a... Not it is a it is we're going to make fishing a diverse sport for every woman, and so we are an inclusive organization. So if you're a lady and you want to fish the women's um, bass tour, hey, all you need to do is search for us on Facebook. We have a website coming soon. That's the next big thing in fishing for me. Uh, as far as other stuff, the next big thing coming for me is uh, on. Other than fishing is, I have a, I'm going to be riding to Destin, Florida in April, and then I'll be going to the bike roundup in Atlanta, Georgia in August, and we're going to be riding the Harley Davidson's out to those events. I have a lot of family events that I, I, I go and do and, and everything. So we usually travel as a family doing wow. stuff. Wow. So when you're not fishing, you're biking. Yes, I've been riding my Harley. I've been a Harley Davidson rider now since December of 2017. Um, I have close to 20,000 miles on my bike. Wow. Man. Um, I ride all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, And on the the times when I, like, you know, when I sell my boat, and everything. I used to have some downtime, so I usually will just do a lot of riding, which is what I did uh, last year. I did a whole, basically a whole year of riding until I was until I got my new boat, and then now going into uh, not, that was eighteen. I'm sorry, I'm excuse me. That was eighteen, nineteen. I got the fish. Uh, you know, I missed one of the ladies' tournaments last year, but this year I'm gonna be. 
starting from start to uh, end. Now, now is the Harley is it custom as far as like do you got like your your pole racks and everything where you know you can ride your Harley to the lake and break out the poles and <laughs> um, no, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. My Harley is let me tell you, my Harley is strictly for um for riding it, you know, riding on pavement, strictly okay. for pounding pavement. I never, uh, I haven't taken my bike off because off pavement i just pound pavement that's that's what we do i and usually when i ride places on my bike i end up talking about fishing though because somebody always i always run into somebody and they'll say oh i'm your facebook friend and all you know you're fishing uh not today i'm riding today (laughs) that's awesome (laughs) that is awesome i need to um i've never ridden a harley i've never had actually a dying need to to do motorcycles or even dirt bikes. Like I've always been a four wheeler ATV kind of guy and then starting to get into like side by sides and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. maybe, maybe one day I'll, I'll get out there and at least just test drive a Harley. Cause like I said, I love being in the dirt and flinging mud and stuff like that. And those, those are some sweet machines and I, I can't see getting a whole lot of mud on them. Let me tell you, I don't, my, my Harley don't get no much from nothing. Cause <laughs> my, my Harley is like my boat. It stays, it is, it is in the garage and my boat does not sit outside unless I am somewhere on the tournament. For the most part, my boat sits in the building. And, I mean, I don't, as far as riding, you know, <clears throat> and people find it really strange when they pull up beside me, but um, when I ride, I'm normally listening to like country rap. Yep. I don't. That's what I like. I like Moonshine Bandits and the Lags, and you know, I like stuff like that. And I like the ride too. And and I just we'll just ride. And some days, you know, my husband and I, uh, my brother, my husband and I, we have this thing. We tell each other, hey, the the oil doesn't even get hot until we done gone 500 miles. So when we start up our bike, we usually do 500 miles. We don't stop until we, we don't stop. When we stop for gas, we're at a, about a, about 150. That's when we stop. We ride. When we ride, we ride. Wow. We don't go 500 miles. When we, when we start up and say we're going to do a family ride, we're going to do 500 miles is like the minimum for us. That's almost that, that's crossing state lines and all kind of stuff, man. We don't ride on the interstate. We ride country back roads. Listen, our motto is: if you want to ride on the interstate, get in your car. But if you want to ride your motorcycle, right. ride country roads. That makes sense. That makes sense. Because even yeah. even driving, I like to take back roads. Like I've found like a a few you know ways to get different places on back roads and stuff. And if I got the time you know, to kill or try to make the time. You know, I like riding the back roads. I like looking at houses and the different farms mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that. And then, of course, like, you know, if I need to get somewhere, I got to get where I got to go, then I get on the interstate. But, no, that may, that makes total sense. Wow, 500 miles back roads only. Whew. That's, mm-hmm. <laughs> that, it, is, it is awesome. <laughs> that is some serious riding. Well, Tariqa, I told you I would make this, fun and make it easy for you thank you for taking the time to talk to us let all the people know your information where they can find you you know websites instagrams all that stuff where can folks find you okay um you can um get me on tarikawitty.com um you can get me on instagram as tarikawittyfishing um if you uh, and also, I have a Jade Wolf on Instagram. That's my biking page. That's my biker name, um, Jade. Um, and then you can get me on Facebook and Twitter, Tarika Witty Fishing, Tarika Witty. Um, I'm pretty much everywhere. So I, I just want to say to you all and your listeners, thank you so much. And thank you for for reaching out to me. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for supporting me. Um, as I go on this, as I'm on this journey, because if it wasn't for you and the viewers and, and people, I would not 
I would not be where I am and I would not have the success that I have because it's all about giving back and it's all about promoting one another and helping one another because you can't live in this world without, you can't live in this world by yourself. And I feel like maybe, hopefully, that God, because God has blessed me with the things that I have, maybe my blessing will be a blessing to someone else. Awesome. Well, like I said, we appreciate you taking the time. And when you guys make that ride to Atlanta, keep me in the loop. I'd love to just come by okay. and say hello and shake hands and all that good stuff. Absolutely. All right. Tricky, you have a great day. Thank you again. Thank you so much. Have a good Thanksgiving. Brightland. Once again, shout out to Tariqa Witty for taking the time to come through on the BLCP. I certainly appreciate it. You guys go and check her out on all her social media platforms um, and make sure you give that gal a follow. She is kicking ass out there. Happy Thanksgiving again from all of us here at Bryantland. Happy Thanksgiving from myself. Hope you guys enjoy everything Thanksgiving has to offer. If you get to get out and hunt, good luck to you, whether it be duck hunting, turkey hunting, or excuse me, duck hunting, Deer hunting, hell, if there's a turkey season still open and you're turkey hunting, good luck with that too. But most importantly, enjoy Thanksgiving, enjoy your family, enjoy your time. And then if you're like some of us who have to work and get on the road on Thanksgiving, be safe out there. And like I said, hope you get to enjoy some time with your family. As always, remember BryantlandCountry.com. One-stop shopping is the website for everything Bryantland videos podcast merchandise with christmas coming up hit that bryantlandcountry.com website go to the shop page pick up some merchandise for christmas i can tell you right now that there is going to be a huge sale on bryantlandcountry.com black friday cyber monday so get ready for that bryantlandcountry.com i'm gonna go ahead and get ready to get up out of here you guys enjoy your holiday, and I'll catch y'all next week on another episode of the Bryant Land Country Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Bryant Land Country Podcast, hosted by AB3. Please leave us a positive review and five-star rating on iTunes. Be sure to check out our podcast section on our website, bryantlandcountry.com, for previous podcasts. Check us out on Instagram at official Land and Twitter at 3 Land. This has been an AB3 Media Production. Join us next time for another edition of the Bryant Land Country Podcast.